Hi, this is Danny Haifong, and you're tuning into The Left Lens. So I'm just going to talk to you quickly about my thoughts about the recent rumors of Kim Jong-un being dead. This is a vicious rumor and likely a vicious lie. Uh, the wonderful organization, the Black Hammer, a great black liberation and black power organization, has already come out with great insight. And I'll link to the article about the April 20th report that Kim Jong-un had died uh, during surgery on his heart. Well, it looks like that South Korean media, as well as uh, representatives of the country of China, have already uh, verified that this is not something that's on their radar and not something that they know anything about, which means it's likely a lie. And this isn't the first time that the United States has lied about people dying in the DPRK. It seems like every year there's a new executive, a new political leader, uh, a new figure in the DPRK that's being killed there, executed there, and then we find that a few years later they pop back up. Well, what is the story behind all of this? Why does the United States lie so much about the DPRK? And why now, during this COVID-19 pandemic, when people are struggling so much to just meet the basic needs right here in the United States that they have? Well, it's because U.S. imperialism is designed to ensure the, that the interests of finance capital are met first and foremost. And finance capital requires a strong and aggressive military presence around the world in order to protect its assets, which it considers their private property. So the DPRK has always bucked this trend. It has always defended the territorial sovereignty and integrity and self-determination of its country. We have to remember that during the Korean War, which is still ongoing, by the way, but during the invasion that the United States waged between 1950 and 53, that over 70% of Pyongyang was demolished by firebombing and that nearly 30% of the population was annihilated and much of it left homeless. Well, that country was never allowed to reunify. We have 20,000 plus troops on the, on the uh, demarcation zone, the DMZ, which is the artificial line drawn by the United States uh, in collaboration with the UN at that time. Um, and we have uh, continued sanctions that the US promotes against the DPRK as well uh, through the international community. So we have a situation of war still, and there's always been a vested interest in the US imperialist ruling class to demonize the DPRK, dehumanize the DPRK, its people and its leaders, because it represents a threat to it, the interests of this tiny class of people who only are concerned about the accumulation of their private wealth and their private profits. Well, we have a situation now in the United States where distraction is needed for this ruling class. And why is that? It's because the pandemic has run roughshod over the country. It's because there's an actual genocide happening in native communities and black communities all across this country. And it's because of the pandemic is, has spread to such a wide degree that it has exposed all the antagonisms, the race antagonisms, the class antagonisms here in the United States. People can't get food. They're losing their jobs. Tens of millions of people have lost their jobs in just a matter of a few weeks. There ha is a crisis of health care in the United States where so many people uh, don't want to get treated. There are people dying at home of the virus. There is a lack of protective equipment. We could go on and on and on about what the United States it has not done what its ruling class 
cannot do to meet the needs of people and how this has caused an enormous increase in the crisis of legitimacy that had already existed. You have two political parties deeply committed to war with China. The United States government has sent two uh, warships to the South China Sea along with its partner Australia to saber rattle with China at a time when the world is dealing with a pandemic and the United States is the hardest hit. So you have a real commitment to war on the part of the ruling class and no commitment to the needs of the people. And so in order to ensure that the people uh, continue to be focused elsewhere, the United States has turned to the rumor mill about the DPRK as well as waged an enormous uh, assault on the People's Republic of China, blaming it for the spread of COVID-19, despite all of the scientific facts to the contrary, and to the fact that China led a successful effort to contain the virus, which must be learned from. But we won't learn anything about that here in the United States because the U.S. continues to demonize China, blame China for its problems, and, not unrelated, uh, continues to demonize countries like the DPRK, Iran, Venezuela, any country around the world that is not bowing to the diktats of imperialism is being targeted in such a vulnerable moment in the world right now. This should teach us that racism and white supremacy, it's a global phenomenon, but it's not unrelated to what black communities are going through here in the United States with the COVID-19 pandemic. It's not unrelated to the anti-Asian racism that has proliferated since the spread of the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States, that the way that the United States justifies regime change around the world is by dehumanizing its targets. So the people of the DPRK are brainwashed. And so that's why they need sanctions. That's why they need regime change. The people of Venezuela they are being ruled over by the corrupt narco-terrorist Nicolas Maduro. That's why they need sanctions, and that's why they need regime change. The people of Iran are in a backward theocratic state that um, represses women and um, has absolutely no civilized bones in its state political body. That's why it needs sanctions, and it needs regime change. We can go on and on and on and on and on with our examples, but the fact is, is that the United States' imperialist system is organized crime. It's organized war crime. And it is not designed to meet the needs of the people. It's designed for war. It's designed for terror. And it's designed to pad the profits and to continue the massive accumulation of the wealth of working people towards the 1%. And this is the fundamental contradiction that has been exposed by the COVID-19 pandemic. And it's one that makes the rumor mill around the DPRK supreme leader Kim Jong-un so ridiculous that there have been folks, good folks like Eva Bartlett, good folks like Andre Vilcek, good folks who have traveled, Marce Marcel Carter, so many folks who have traveled the DPRK and saw the, the different reality there that we get from the mainstream media. That socialism in the DPRK is actually quite modern. It's quite strong. And despite the presence of sanctions, it's, had, it's been able to do things like provide all people with cheap, relatively free housing, uh, provide them with health care that has raised the standard of living for people in that country, and actually a modicum of economic growth despite sanctions. Since the fall of the Soviet Union, there was a, there was a period where hunger 
and other things were a big problem. Now the DPRK is invested in uh, recreation and trying to meet uh, standards of living that are far beyond what existed in the past in Korea. So the DPRK is doing its best right now. It's had to build a relatively militarized social society to defend themselves from imperial aggression, from the fact that the United States will not take the troops off of its border and the fact that it won't let the Korean peninsula unite around one government that can be both democratic and socialist at the same time. It's interesting that um, you know we find ourselves in this moment where everyone's wondering on Twitter whether Kim Jong-un has died or not. We, we should be concerned about is working people here in the United States. We should be concerned about the terrible conditions that have afflicted all of us that have been exacerbated, that many of us were already going through but are now experiencing tenfold. New problems like not being able to go to the grocery store. New problems like not, be, not knowing whether you were going to be able to pay rent, that maybe rent was always a struggle, but now it's an impossibility. New problems like the prisons being infected with coronavirus. Uh, when prisons were already repressive and terroristic environment. Uh, new problems like police violence continuing here in the United States, but without any halt despite the fact that a pandemic is ravaging the country. There are so many issues that working people are facing here that need to be studied and need to be organized around. And probably the most principal issue that we face right now, which is not receiving any coverage is militarism. The United States is a warfare state, and its rumor mill about the DPRK is part and parcel of that warfare state. And we need to begin to fight for peace and to fight for the self-determination of peoples around the world. We need to study the DPRK in our organizations, build organizations that not only focus on organizing around ending wars, but also focusing on ensuring that that demand is not detached from the needs of working class people here in the United States. That there are ways to do this. That that is the ideological line that we need to pursue. And we need to begin to strengthen our forces to condemn this assault. This election is going to be ugly. The 2020 election is going to see Donald Trump and Joe Biden fight it out on who is less um, aggressive on China, that who is more friendlier towards China. That will be what is posed to the American people, to the people of the United States. Blaming China for the coronavirus is dangerous in a time where the United States has shifted over 50% of all of its military assets into the Asia-Pacific to saber rattle with China and prepare for war. That is the national security state strategy that has been known in 2018 as great power competition, that war with China and Russia is the principal objective, at least from the sense of containment, if not outright nuclear war. And then you have all of the crisis conditions that afflict poor and working people, and especially black people generally. So we have a lot of work to do, but we must not fall into demonizing the DPRK on behalf of the CIA, the State Department, the NED, and all of the attendant so-called civil society organizations of imperialism, the military-industrial complex, etc. 
we have to condemn these rumors we have to show that these rumors are part and parcel of a larger imperialist war and we have to prepare for a long struggle for peace and self-determination you've been listening to the left lens with danny haifong please subscribe to the page and please continue to come back i look forward to seeing you all again very soon and long live the people's republic of china and long live the dprk